Welcome to Your Daily Drive. Thank you so much for joining me. I am Rick Thomas, and I am glad that you are here. Today, I want to talk about secret keeping, and I want to talk about how secret keeping destroys lives and relationships. That is the title of the podcast. This is a common issue. I'm not sure if you thought about this. Maybe you have. But virtually every person, every couple that comes to counseling, there are secrets involved. It's just the nature of counseling. Therefore, we must deal with this issue, but it's more universal than just counseling. All of us have secrets. And so the question becomes, what do we share and what do we not share? What are the liabilities of keeping secrets that we should share? What are the liabilities of sharing things with others? This is a complex problem, and you really need to have a solid and biblical view on this idea of secret keeping. I'm coming at it, as the title of the podcast suggests, Secret Keeping Destroys Lives and Relationships. That's the counseling angle, because when people come to counseling, many times it's because there are secrets or secrets have just been revealed and it's been damaging to the relationship And so we need to think about this, and I'm sure that you will want to talk about this. And if you do, we would love to interact with you. Get on our website, rickthomas.net. Get on our community forum. It's free to you. It's provided to you by those who support this ministry. They love what we do. They believe in what we do. And they put their affection where their mouth is or where their pocketbook is. And they underwrite the ministry so that you can get on here and ask whatever question that you may have. And it is our joy to serve you that way. This is what our team does. And so let us serve you. Fill out your or get your username and password. Thousands upon thousands of you already have that. But we have new people coming to us all the time and they don't. And so You get your username and password, and that will give you access to our community forums. If you are unsure on how to do that, our website is virtually like every other website in the world. Just hit the contact button. It's at the bottom. It's in the footer of the website. Contact us. You don't ask your questions there. That is not the forum, but we will help you with technical matters. We will show you how to get your username and password and how to log on to the community forum and we'll help you in whatever way we can. I realize that our demographic, a lot of our demographic honestly is between 35 or 35 years and up, more like 40 years and up. And that demographic, most, many of them, I don't know if I should say most or not, but many of them are not as savvy technologically And so there is an inhibition or a lack of awareness when it comes to using technology. And so we get these questions all the time. So if we can help you with a technical matter, just hit the contact button and that's what we will do. But if you know how to get on our forums, you have your username and password, do that and we'll start chatting each other up right away. For those of you who are supporting our ministry, please get on the private forum and ask your question there, and that would be fantastic. Let's jump into this idea. If you want to read this entire article, it's 2,000 plus words. You're welcome to do that. RickThomas.net, the title of the podcast, Secret Keeping Destroys Lives and Relationships. And you can read this article, and yes, you can share it with your friends, with your enemies for that matter. I don't care. 
share it with anyone. Uh, we really appreciate those who share our resources with other people. One lady just uh, said uh, she, she had a comment that she made that every one of your articles either apply to me or apply to someone that I know. And I'm very glad, Angie, for sharing that you're sharing. our. I'm glad they apply to you, of course. And the ones that don't apply to you, I'm glad they apply to your friends. And I'm really glad that you are sharing those with your friends. That is a fantastic thing. And that gets to the heart of what our ministry is about. Our ministry is to take the gospel to every human on the planet, particularly the practical application of the gospel in people's lives. Our ministry is a super hyper practical ministry. We have a sanctification center shoved up in cyberspace where people can walk into our big box store and we have resources galore all over the place. And you just pick out what you want, what you need, what will help you, what will help a friend. And and let's, let's get on with it. This idea of sanctification and we have our team members all over the store and how, how may we assist you today? And so if you ask on our forums, we will assist you today, and that's what we do. Secret keeping destroys lives and relationships. Now, there's a temptation with all of us to keep certain things hidden from others. I'm not saying that that is bad altogether. With most things in our lives, and those of you who have listened to me for a while, you've heard me say some version of this, that there's, there's almost always two ditches, two extremes. In, in one ditch, in context of what we're talking about here, is you don't reveal anything. You're not a transparent person. Then in the other ditch, uh, you would be what the Proverbs talk about is a fool. Revealing everything, no discretion, no social filter, no social awareness, you're just blabbing it all. Now, we don't want to be in either ditch, uh, but I, I am coming at it right now from this, this idea of keeping certain things hidden from others because of a high sense of shame and self-awareness. It tempts us from the purpose of the gospel, which is transformation in a community of grace. Think about that. Jesus came to transform us. And part of his methodology for how he transforms us is in a community of grace, the one another's, specifically of the New Testament. But if you are part of a one another group, but you don't share anything, well, then that becomes a problem. And there is an unintended consequence for unbiblical secret keeping. And so there's your modifier. There's secret keeping. It could be biblical. But I'm talking about unbiblical secret keeping that blows back on your soul. A lack of appropriate transparency. There's another modifier. Appropriate transparency. A lack of that alienates and harms the conscience. You see, if you bury things down deep into your soul, it can harm that inner voice, your internal moral thermostat called a conscience, conscience, co-knowledge, that inner voice. And if you keep hiding things, secret keeping, burying things inappropriately and unbiblically, it will harm your conscience. God wired everyone with an internal alarm system that alerts us to the gospel solutions for our problems. It's kind of like, you know, you cut your finger and you're your body goes haywire. The, the alarms go off, 
and you immediately, your attention is drawn to where the cut is, where the hurt is, where the pain is. Well, in the spiritual realm, we have a similar idea. It's an internal alarm system of the soul. It's called the conscience, and when our conscience pings us, when it sounds the alarm, then we are supposed to apply gospel solutions to the problem. But if you bury things deep in your soul and you don't deal with the real issues in your life because of inappropriate, unbiblical secret keeping, you will do damage to your conscience and after a while you'll be desensitized. Each time an individual refuses to respond to this warning system biblically, they drift from God and they drift from others. All stable relationships are sustained and stabilized by honesty, integrity, transparency. The strength of any relationship is proportional to the degree of honesty that you have with each other. Now, this perspective is what makes our relationship with God so marvelous. Listen to that sentence again and think about your relationship with your Heavenly Father. This is what I said The strength of any relationship is proportional to the degree of honesty that you have with each other. And then I said, this perspective is what makes our relationship with God so marvelous. We love him because he's completely trustworthy, honest, open, transparent. We trust the Lord because he never withholds the truth from us. Not a secret keeper in the sense that the things that we need to know in order to have a proper relationship with him, his word is truth. He's totally transparent, honest, open, self-disclosing. Sometimes this is even problematic as you read some of the uh, challenging aspects that are in the Old Testament, the things that happen. But it is these aspects, these aspects of transparency, honesty, openness, and self-disclosing. These aspects of his character are the only ways that he will relate to us. You see, he said in John 17, 17, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Jesus said, we are sanctified by truth. This is the only way that God will, it's the only way he needs to relate to us with truth. In 3 John 4, John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. John wanted all of the children, all the Christians to walk in truth. Jesus said in 1717, John That's how sanctification happens, by walking in God's truth. God makes much of truth because he knows how honesty is the only way to grow and mature within relationships. The devil, on the other hand, is the opposite of truth. He understands what truthfulness can do for a person. It can set the captives free. The devil's primary agenda is to hide and distort the truth. So relationships can never be all that God intends. You could say that God is the truth and the devil is dishonest. Humanity falls somewhere between total honesty and total lying. This is where we come in. None of us are entirely honest in our relationships. Now again, we shouldn't be There's this idea of discretion. There is that other ditch where there is no social filter. But again, we're talking about the other ditch where we hide the wrong things and hide too much. And none of us are entirely honest in our relationships. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. 
There will always be a tension about revealing your true self to another person, and the temptation for us in the context of this podcast is to live behind Adamic fig leaves while rationalizing why you don't want to tell the whole truth and why you don't want to be real with other people. Now, understand the tension. We're sinful people living in a sinful world. There are consequences for being honest. Did you know that? Well, of course you do. You probably have experienced the consequences for being honest. Folks can uncharitably judge you. They can isolate from you. They can alienate you. They can condemn you, shun you, make fun of you, mock, ridicule, put you down. If you pursue honesty and vulnerability, I've had this with many wives who have tried to be honest with their husbands, only to be verbalized in in painful ways for opening themselves up with such vulnerability, and they they shut down quickly, and children do this as well. They've had this experience too. Perhaps you have experienced the darker side of being honest with a spouse, a friend, or an institution, an organization. A university, a school, maybe a church. Maybe you wanted to come clean about an aspect of your life, but the people you shared your story with were not mature enough to steward your honesty. This dilemma is very real. You have to weigh the benefits of being honest versus the liabilities of holding on to your secrets. They're the two ditches again. And though there is much to say about the dangers of being honest, I want to address the burdens of secret keeping. There's something within all of us that motivates us to shy away from being honest, and it's the soul-diminishing effect on your spiritual life that I want you to consider now in this podcast. Biff has a secret sin pattern in his life. Mabel, his wife, does not know about it. Every time he commits his sin, there is a a confrontation with the choice of coming clean. There's a confrontation inside of his soul. There's a war within his soul. The confrontation is with the choice of coming clean or keeping his dirty little secret. For the past 15 years, he has remained silent. He has dulled his conscience. It was his choice. The problem with his silence has been the unexpected and unintended consequence of his inner voice. Now his conscience is taking revenge on him, on Biff, retaliating to his unbiblical response to sin, unbiblical secret keeping. Rather than his conscience being an ally, his conscience is acting like an enemy. It's muted, desensitized, dull. In 1 Timothy 4.2, Paul talked about the hardened conscience. Biff never saw it coming. He did not perceive how his silence regarding his sin would trigger another kind of silence from his conscience. He unwittingly created an enemy within his soul. He thought his most significant problem with being honest was external. What will others think of me? Not realizing the choice to keep his secrets would have long-term and devastating effects within his psyche, within his soul. That's the word, the Greek word psyche. If you do not heed the alarm of the conscience when sin attacks, there will be a negative consequence, a spiritual breakdown of the soul. The conscience is fluid and manipulatable, and the power of sin will sideline its voice. 
Biff's solution is twofold. Number one, consistently teach the conscience the Word of God. That's a good, that's a good solution. And then tied to that is active, moment-by-moment, obedient response to the Word of God. Not just teaching your conscience to the Word of God, but active, moment-by-moment, obedience to the Word of God. And whenever you do this, your conscience becomes a sweet guardian, guardian of the soul. And when sin makes its assault, your biblically informed conscience will apprise you of the situation at hand, while steering you in an obedient path of right living. Even our unregenerate friends have a pre-wired conscience that tells them the difference between right and wrong. That's what Paul was teaching in Romans 2, 14 and 15. This ability is to have an internal wiring system. It's a common grace mercy from the Lord. Because of Biff's ongoing decision not to come clean about his secret sin, his conscience reacted, rebelled, and eventually took revenge on him. Biff became a dull boy, which was the warning of the Hebrew writer. Dullness is the soul's kryptonite. In Hebrews 5.11, about this, we have much to say, the Hebrew writer said, And it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Now, I don't know if you've ever interacted with a person like that. I have interacted with many people like that. There are many things that I would like to say to them, things that are hard to explain, things that are spiritually discerned. But the writer says, I can't, because you have become dull of hearing. Your inner voice cannot match the power of sin. Only the transformative power of the gospel can confront and defeat sin while empowering you with the grace to be the constant victor. The conscience is merely an alarm to let you know sin's approach. Sin is coming. The alarm goes off. That's what the conscience is supposed to do. The conscience doesn't defeat sin. It it allows you to know that sin is coming. And once you are alerted to the problem of transgressing, the next thing that you should do is release the power of God through the gospel. This reaction begins with a simple agreement. Agreement means confession, to agree. This is how you release the power of the gospel. When you sin, you confess. You confess to God that there is a temptation in your life, or you confess to God that you've already crossed the line. You can say it either way. God, I haven't sinned yet, but I'm feeling tempted. My conscience is is signaling me that temptation is coming. It's coming up the steps. It's walking across the porch. It's knocking on the door, and you agree with God that it's coming, and God releases the power of the gospel. Or maybe it came in the house, it crossed the line, you crossed the line, you transgressed. Well, you confess that. Sure, you have fallen. That's okay in this sense because the next thing you're going to do is you're going to react by a simple agreement, confessing to God of what you have done. And after you agree with God about sin's encroachment or sin's encampment, your conscience and God will be on the same page And that is the sweet spot. 
this partnership between your conscience and God releases you to finish the process of activating the gospel's power to overcome the enemy of your soul. The Lord has given you several allies in your war against sin. For example, a biblically informed warning system, your conscience, your inner voice. That's one of your allies that helps you to overcome sin. Number two, and not in any order of priority here, but the Spirit of God who can be grieved or quenched. The Spirit of God is an amazing ally against sin. Number three, the Word of God. I said earlier, 1717, John, the truth sanctifies you. You have a biblically informed conscience. You have the Spirit of God. You have the Word of God. And then number four, you have a community from God to help you fight well against sin. Biff did not access his arsenal, the weaponry from the Lord, to do battle with sin. What did he do? He chose to hide his wrong choices from others. In the beginning, his internal warning system blared away. After a while, and because of his justifications, his conscience became dull to to where he couldn't hear the alarm system any longer, longer. He muted his alarm system to the point where, well, he could no longer hear its beckoning. The unintended consequence of his lack of responsiveness was spiritual dullness. Biff's spiritual awareness was gone. He was flying blind, which left him susceptible to the machinations of sin. There is a simple solution to this problem. In four syllables, walk in the light. But what about the liabilities of being honest? Here we go. We're moving to the other ditch. What about the person who's too honest? What are the liabilities of being honest? My response is that the consequences of holding on to seek to secrets are a far more significant problem. You don't want to be a dull Christian. You don't want to fly blind. You don't want to harden your conscience. You have a choice. You can tell the truth about your real self. There have been many Christians who have fallen into the deep trap of a hard conscience and could not get out until it was too late. Thus, maybe some of them never get out at all. And maybe you're at this point. Perhaps you're sitting on a dirty little secret and up to this point you have been unwilling to tell the whole truth. If so, you're at the crossroads of a life-altering decision. You can move toward freedom or take a long walk into a lifetime of incarceration. This perspective is a faith issue. What will you believe? How will you respond? If your conscience is given a faint warning signal, I appeal to you to tell the real truth about your life, at least to one other person. And that's my answer about blaring everything and telling everything that you know. At least one other person. You don't have to put it on Facebook. You don't have to tell everybody. You don't have to stand before the church. At least one other person. Come out of the darkness and walk in the light. Be free from your sin, which begins with a simple acknowledgement that you have been hiding something. Do not continue to rationalize your thinking to the point of sinful allocations. I can't make my appeal to you any stronger. I don't know how. The risk of being hurt for being honest is not as devastating as the risk of burying your problems deep into your soul. If you hide them, your conscience will have no other choice but to go silent as a way of numbing you from the pain. 
This dulling effect will not remove the pain, but only alter and mask it. Listen to the appeal of the Savior in Matthew 13. You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. This is Matthew 13. In Mark 4, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to you, I appeal to you to respond to him. Listen to your inner voice while you have time and can listen. Do not continue to harden your heart. In Hebrews 3, it says this, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. You will know if you are hardening your conscience if you do one of three things. You rationalize it away, you justify it away, or you blame your actions away. The person who is quick to dismiss his sins rather than owning them is on the precipice of a hard conscience. This kind of person will keep distant from spiritual things. They will also keep distant from people. They will always, they'll be like Jonah. They will always be runners. They'll be running from those who are trying to help them. And rather than responding to God, he will choose means to distract himself from what his conscience is telling him. This posture allows him to continue in his sin while convincing himself the problem is outside of his power or outside of his guilt. Let me ask you a few questions as you think about these things. Four of them. Number one, are you more apt to blame your sin on others than confess it to God? Number two, do you justify your sinful actions by recategorizing them? If you recategorize what you have done to soften the blow, to round the corners off what you have done, after a while you begin to believe a lie, you will begin exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Number three, do you rationalize your sin by downplaying it or ignoring what you did? And number four, do you seek to escape as a means to quieten your conscience? If you see these patterns in your life, blaming, justifying, rationalizing, or escaping, you're not far from shutting down your internal warning system. Be not deceived. It will shut down, and your life will continue to escalate in dysfunction until something breaks beyond your ability to fix it. A Christian cannot live in habitual sin forever. If he chooses to ignore the merciful warnings of the conscience, the Lord will allow him to come to the end of himself through other means. A couple of more questions. What sin or sinful activity has come to your mind as you have listened to this podcast? Number two, did your internal warning system sound the alarm in your soul as you were listening to this podcast. The first step for you is what I said earlier. Agree with God. Confession. If you are experiencing brokenness before the Lord, you must confide in a trusted friend, a pastor, a small group leader. Find somebody. Let the cat out of the bag. Reveal your secret. Let them into your world. Don't hold back. 
and don't leave your conscience vulnerable to the deceitfulness of the devil. One of my favorite quotes is from the book Telling Secrets. I have it in a few of my articles on this website. It's from Frederick Beek, excuse me, Frederick Beekner. He said, quote, It is important to tell, at least from time to time, the secret of who we truly and fully are, because otherwise we run the risk of losing track of who we truly and fully are, and little by little come to accept instead the highly edited version which we put forth in hope that the world will find it more acceptable than the real thing. I talked earlier about how we hide behind fig leaves. We have this Adamic problem. And what we tend to do is that we, we trot out this highly edited version of ourselves, hoping that somebody or that people will like it better than the real thing because we don't want to reveal who we are. Perhaps you have thought of someone as you listen to this podcast. Will you ask the Father if it would be his pleasure to send the article here to that person? Pray about this matter. Sin is not only deceitful, but it is destructive. You are your brother's keeper. The title of the podcast is Secret Keeping Destroys Lives and Relationships. Now, I'm aware that there are many angles to this podcast, and so I would appeal to you, if you want to flesh this out a little more, we are available. We are a 24-7 ministry, and it would be our joy to serve you. Jump on our forums and let us know how we can. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.